Hello, welcome to the Marysville Journal-Tribune podcast. This episode is brought to you by Axiona Energia, proudly bringing solar power to Union County and the Buckeye State. My name is Michael Williamson, and this is part two to the top 10 list of 2023. If you haven't listened to part one from last week, go back and check that out. That's topics 10 through 4. And we wanted to break it into two episodes so that we can give uh, an appropriate amount of time to discuss some of the more complicated topics, which is what's going to be covered in this episode, the top three topics of 2023. And we mentioned this in the episode, but the conversation was recorded prior to some of the council and township meetings. So some of the topics that we talk about uh, have to do with things that have now been decided upon. So go and go and check those things out as well. But here is the second half of the top 10 list of 2023. So, now the quagmire. Now begins the difficult stuff. And and and, and, and four kind of intertwined with with three, but boy, the next three really. Yeah. Well, and and you know, government staffing. A lot of these yeah. things we've talked about play into these top three things. And I think the best way to go about this is just to mention right off the bat what they are. Then discuss how we got there and, and try then, to keep up. Yes, <laughs> yes, it's confusing, and right. our meeting to figure out how to do this was confusing, but because these are all growth issues that all intertwine, and this year, instead of just being growth, it was the impacts of growth, and then the infighting created by that. So what we what we're looking at for our top three stories. The number three stories or series of stories were what we call TIF rifts or the kind of infighting and discussions created over tax increment, increment, incremental, increment, increment, tax. financing, financing yeah. <laughs> uh, districts, which is something we've beat a drum on in the paper for years. People now are starting to understand that it's a, it's a taxing measure enacted by the city whereby or any right. county can do it too, whereby can do it, too. Yes, it can. siphons off money intended for certain entities voted on by people, but then siphons it off over for infrastructure improvement. Um, that's number three. Number two is voter unrest. Um, and I, like I said, we'll get into these deeper, but that's the issue of you could you could throw the school district into it. Right, and in but, our discussion, we but, almost did. Yeah, the referendum, the Marysville referendum on the annexation on 245. Um, voting out three council members. Three and, three incumbent Marysville City Council members getting voted out. The home rule. The in home Jerome rule in Jerome Township getting voted down after some contentious meetings, too. Um, and then number one, just being the explosive growth overall. And the the thing about this is, each one of the – if we had wanted to, we could have made this one. That could have been one thing. That all could have been explosive growth mm-hmm. and the fallout. Right, because the TIFs are connected to the growth and – The TIFs are connected to the growth. The, the voter unrest sure is. is connected to TIFs and the growth. Correct, yep. <laughs> and and you could argue the growth was only enabled by the TIFs. Right, right. And, and things like that. We looked at these things like – with with Kayleen and Mike covering the county and Jerome, Jerome and the county were fighting over essentially who gets their piece of the pie out of out of the out of tax coming, money essentially. Yeah. The schools and the city, which Mac and I cover, were fighting over TIF revenue, over hey, 
these TIFs, these financing districts, have siphoned off what was the number they, it, especially in residential areas. It was like that's eight what, million dollars. I think it was more. I thought it was twelve or fourteen over the course, the whole course. But it was. It, they were saying essentially, bottom line was, if you didn't have these taxing districts on residential areas in town, we wouldn't be on the ballot right we now. We wouldn't need the levy, right? So we had to try to figure out this massive glob, how to peel out these growth issues into kind of their own areas. Because while all of these are interconnected in some way, they still stand alone on their own piece of that. Um, and I and I think that might become more clear as we start discussing them each individually. But I know, and I wrote a column about it, we've never, I have, since I've, my first, my first story I wrote here was a, I compiled the information for the year end, created the ballot, and the reporters voted. I was an intern in uh, 91, winter of 1991. Um, so I've been involved in every one of these since. I've never seen what we had to go through. The whole list was bad, but with these three, like that's what the year was. You know, the year was not, just a school levy failing. It was not just staffing. Like it was these growth issues, these sprawl issues from what is coming from Columbus and that growing region and the impact it's had. And the component that came in this year that hasn't been here in the past is our own entities fighting with each other. For years, we've always talked about, you know, other communities, you know, the school district in the city or the county and the townships or whatever don't always – the city and the county don't always get along, but we always get along. And when we, the city of Marysville put in, in – along with the county and even Jerome's help – put in utility lines out to Jerome, it was to help control that growth. That was the way to say yay or nay on what came in and control that flow of sprawl. Now the problem is – who gets to decide where and what sprawl lands here and everybody's fighting over it. I would argue that while it is equally about money, but I think there's also an element of control. And obviously everybody loves money, right? But I think there's also an element of certainly in Jerome and between Jerome and the county. But are they different? I mean, I mean, honestly, are they different? I mean, if you look at, if you look at what, the school and city argument, the school say, well, you're bringing in people and that brings in students and you're siphoning off some of our funding mechanism. But the city, well, we have income tax as our funding measure. So every person that comes in, we get more money. I, th- I think they control it so that they make more money in the end. And you are correct. There, there is an element to what hurts the schools helps the city because professional parkway, which – is going to help the the city, you know, and help the residents is only made possible because of TIFs, which then hurt the school. It facilitated growth, which then hurt the school. But the city is better off because of it, but the schools aren't. So the is Jerome, the city. The Jerome right? County argument. Right. I mean, we're kind of getting this. I guess this is kind of the TIF part of this. So this mm-hmm. would be the number three. So, I mean, the school, well, I was going to say this county and city and county and Jerome were openly fighting, but the schools were too. Right. The the city and schools were too. They so had meetings, you know, kumbaya meetings. 
<laughs> why don't we why don't we start with Jerome talk about the issues with Jerome and the county mm-hmm. and then and then we'll take over and talk about the school side of it a little more I feel like we're mm-hmm. we're kind of beating that ball all over the table right without now and not without being happened. super clear Putting so we might as well just get into it and and yeah. talk about these tiff fights that permeated our storylines all year yeah I guess I can start off I'll I'll talk about it a little bit from Jerome's perspective just out of total fairness you know I cover Jerome Township so I see much more of their perspective on things and how they perceive the situation to have occurred and then Mike if you want to add in kind of the county's rebuttal to this or maybe where they didn't see eye to eye this so for almost two years, Jerome Township and Union County officials were working together to enter a CETA or a Cooperative Economic Development Agreement. So, you know, for two years, they were working towards shared goals and saying, we're going to develop this area together with the same ultimate goal and shared perspectives. And then in March, these discussions ceased. And For many months, it was kind of unknown what prompted this. A lot of executive sessions, a lot of meetings behind closed doors. Um, It was clear that there was tension between the county and the township, but it wasn't until months and months later that um, Jerome Township officials kind of said, hey, here's what happened and here's why we're not at the negotiating table anymore. So Jerome Township officials said that um, one day after meeting to discuss this CETA, the county implemented a TIF over the existing township TIF. So for taxpayers, it doesn't really make a difference who controls the TIF. That money is still being diverted to a separate fund that is used specifically for infrastructure improvements in that area. So if the county controlled it, it still had to be used in the TIF area in Jerome Township. But the question is, Who is controlling that money? Like you said, Chad, is the township controlling that fund or is the county controlling that fund? So Jerome Township officials said that after that happened, the county threatened to place a CRA, another abbreviation, (laughs) or a community reinvestment area abatement over the township TIF area. So that would effectively gut the TIF because businesses there would no longer be generating the tax money that would go into the township's TIF fund. So township officials say the county was like, look, your TIF's ineffective if we do this. You enter the CETA under our terms or we're gutting your TIF. And what were what was the standing that ta- the county felt they had to do that? Why did they feel they needed to do that? I, we should say why each side felt like they had a right to the money. You know what I mean? Because the county mm-hmm. had some viable reasons you know, some impacts they had to deal with. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, the township's claim was that, well, not even their claim, their their argument in this was that it is a township statutory right to implement TIFs and to control that funding if they would like to. So I guess I'll just put it in the words of then-trustee chair Weslyn Davis. She said she felt it really came down to the county doesn't love the idea of the township having a level of autonomy. So the township was saying, simply put, we are allowed to implement TIFs. If we want to do this, we should be able to control it. And then I guess you can elaborate from the county side why they felt that they were a better fit to control the TIF funds. Yeah. The, so, you know, township roads are essentially county roads. They're maintained mm-hmm. by the county engineer. And with all the growth going on in Jerome, 
what happens to areas like uh, Industrial Parkway and, and Mitchell DeWitt? They're looking to put a roundabout in that intersection that's very highly trafficked. Uh, what's going on at uh, US 42 and Industrial Parkway? Um, all of the stuff that's gone on in kind of the Dublin area, yeah, Highland the, Croy, 33. The, over by those Dublin schools. Yeah. You can, if you drive that, you know that's got to be improved. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. there's like a little county road service in like <laughs> right. three massive Dublin schools. Yeah. yeah. And so for the county, they're like, well, we need to make sure that we have the money for every bit of these locations to be able to handle this infrastructure. Um, and there was a, a big point of contention. Uh, that I don't even think we got into in the story where they, other than maybe kind of mentioning it, which the was summary story. Yeah. And the summary story, sorry, the, uh, the County, you know, with all these developments going on, the County kind of said that, you know, in, in one instance, uh, they referenced the Jerome grand development, um, which was, a uh, apartment complexes and, uh, whatnot. And that area was tiffed and that money, um, you know, was supposed to be diverted for infrastructure in that area. Uh, you know, we run into this problem a lot where, you know, we, we talk about residential development, but when it comes to something like an apartment complex, that doesn't count in terms of zoning as as residential because it's, you know, a commercial property that has, you know, rent changes hands and so forth. And so th- what you end up having is this situation where the, the township uses that money that's TIFT, even though it, it's bringing more people and it's bringing students in the school districts and whatever uh, – they're taking that money and giving it to the developer to essentially fix the infrastructure within that development. This is what the county said. Um, and in their mind, they said, well, if you're going to – if we're going to have TIF money, it should go to you know the roads outside the development that lead into it, that traffic empties onto. And so their, their claim was that if we're not careful about what the township does, it appears that the township is going to give this TIF money back to the developer rather than to the the overarching area's needs, um, which mm-hmm. then affects how we can fund right. road you know projects and, and so forth. It seemed a little bit of kind of a big picture, more immediate picture argument right. where the county was saying, you know, I don't want to speak from their perspective, just what was relayed at the Durham Township meetings, that the county was kind of claiming, well, we understand the whole area and we allocate money appropriately as it's needed and as we prioritize. And pardon me, the Jerome Township officials were saying, well, we're the most closely elected officials in this area that has some of the most desperate need in the county. So I hear residents every day saying, I can't even drive through Mitchell DeWitt. So shouldn't we be able to say we're using the money that's generated in our area for the infrastructure projects that our residents are saying they want? So it it was just a matter of who chooses where the money goes. The layer you forget is that this isn't money that was voted to them. They're siphoning this money off, as TIFs do. Mm -hmm. Money voted for a school or a health department or whatever gets siphoned off. So the level that gets left out is the voter that originally voted that money to go somewhere else. And now you've got two entities fighting – I don't want to say steal it – but to take it for another use, and they can't even figure out. And the property taxpayer gets no real benefit either way. Like the – the the owner still pays that property tax, and he's going to cut a check to the auditor either way. It's just a question of and mm-hmm. and you would it. argue, you know, in Jerome, there's a lot of new residents. But if you're talking an old resident of Jerome, or I guess some of those wouldn't be in those districts, but it's it's all to help fuel future growth or deal with growth that is coming. Mm-hmm. This is an interesting thing, though. 
being the city of Marysville has done both of those, taking TIF money and giving it giving it to a developer to help with a site or used it for infrastructure, what would stop the county from cutting the same deal? If yeah. they get a developer Nothing. development it they like, just, they could have they could have done trust made the, us. Yes, we will use the money better right. than the they trust. could have. They could have That's done the really same thing. That's really what it came down to. Saying, you know, officials saying, who do you trust more to use this money and. That's really all it was. And the the interesting thing that kind of you have to remember is for years the county pulled that card of, well, we can, so we're going to on Jerome Township for things like I I don't know if you remember the Jed down there at, at um the Costco area, like they forced everybody into a Jed and shocked Jerome Town Jerome Township had no idea this was coming and the county said, Well, yeah, we can take that income tax because we can and there have been any number of situations where the county has stepped in and basically mm-hmm. told Jerome and that's what they're gonna do. Jerome's and that, that is we retaliation can. now yep. is saying statutorily townships can implement TIFs. So why are you saying that we can't really be trusted to We do learned that? this move from you because you're the ones for years have said, well, we're allowed to do it, so we're going to. And so th- the trick, the tricky thing about all of this being that like, you know, it, it'd be one thing if it was just kind of like, well, we're getting a new store, you know, but with the explosive growth in the in the area, but particularly in that area, that little corner of southeastern Union County, kind of the edge of Dublin into Franklin County, there's so much going on in that area and there's so much interest in that area that – you know, there's a. This might be a little editorializing, but there's a little bit of like people start getting stars in their eyes. And it's I don't, it's and kids I don't, fighting over an inheritance. Yeah, I, I don't know. When you that get a win, kind of a windfall, and you're like, oh, I'm going to get more money than I used to have. But you're like, man, but I could have even more. I, I than would that. really like a lot more money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, than, and it's um, tough because from covering meetings, you know, you see residents come almost every meeting with any development, regardless of if it's close to Mitchell DeWitt, residents come and say, how is this going to happen when Mitchell DeWitt is already so bad? And you hear that complaint over and over again. And then you have townships saying, well, the county controls that road. They do the repairs to the road. And then you have the county County saying, but the township isn't generating the money that we need to repair that road. So it's a back and forth between, you know, both of them are correct in what they're, the facts that they're sharing that, yes, the county is the one that would maintain and repair or make upgrades to that road. And the county is correct in saying, yes, but it's the township that chooses, not the township that chooses, but it's the township that's generating the money that we would use in For this area. Spot, yeah. But then residents are caught in the middle saying, I don't really care who fixes it. I just want to be able to drive through Mitchell to right. Road. Right. So it's tough because I, I do understand both sides feeling as though they could more effectively address the problems at hand. But while they're arguing over who should do it, nothing is being right. done. And, and that was one of the township arguments anyway, correct? That, look, we've had traffic needs down here for a long time that you haven't mm-hmm. been addressing. Why should we let you take more money to not address, exactly. to do what you've been Potentially doing? Potentially not address, right. Mm-hmm. Right. And so for months and months, this was kind of bubbling up behind closed doors. And then Finally, in May, the township released a public statement that basically just listed out a bunch of actions they were going to take against the county and actions the county had taken that they opposed, (laughs) basically making all of this public and saying, we don't like this. We're going to fight back. Um, 
And one of them was withdrawing from the county's economic development incentive policy, which kind of governs the use of TIFs. So I don't know if maybe that's a good segue into the Because what was the date that that happened? May 15th, Mm -hmm. I believe. I mean, 10th or 15th. So I don't know what the date was, but what I do know is that exact same night, unbeknownst to Jerome Township, the Marysville School District did the exact same thing. They they began the pro- they had a meeting special meeting and began the process to remove themselves from the CETA. from the EDIP from the EDIP. I know, right? I, my bad. That's why I said earlier. It's too many abbreviations. Yep. Too many <laughs> from from the ec- same economic development package plan mm-hmm. that Jerome Township was unhappy with, and it stems from much the same thing. These the TIFs. The use thereof. Now, the school district doesn't isn't kind of like Jerome Township in that they can have their own TIF. The school district simply loses. Right. right. You know, any anywhere TIF goes up, not all of the district money, but a good portion of the district money that they would be getting is siphoned off. They get they get thirty percent back. Thirty percent back on some, and forty percent back on another, depending on when the agreement was signed and what the development looks like. So yeah, I don't know if you want to take some of the, some of the area from there but yeah that the school district basically said you know we're having funding problems there's no end in sight on this TIF idea from you guys so we're not you're not going to be able to hand this package to developers and say and the school district is okay with it right because in what it was 2006 I think maybe 2009 but I think 2006 the school district had agreed to kind of this group of economic incentive um, plans, right? And and we, the, we could also say real quick, like as, as is the case with the county and Jerome, while the, the school doesn't get like a, a direct say, in a lot of these instances, there is a, a an early conversation between the entities and the schools to be kind of like, you know, this is the plan, this is how it would affect you. And so, you know, I th- what you just said or what you're about to say is like the schools are – generally brought into these discussions or at least brought in on a kind of basic level um, and then where it goes from there is kind of what we're seeing now. Yeah, but they, um, yeah, they but don't have the a start, vote. No. They don't have a, like, they yeah, don't have a it, vote, but at the start of this, they were, it seemed like, hey, this is the plan. Well, I, and early on in 2006, the picture for the Marysville School District was entirely different. Right, right. They could, they could uh, basically tax Honda in a completely different way Uh TPP and Scotts and Scotts, yeah. Any any business really right. like their their funding base that they taxed these businesses was completely different. It changed. It has been eroded out from under them, kind of. You know, it it has taken millions and millions annually out of their budget. Yet this 2006 agreement, I mean, the 2006 agreement to oversimplify was a pretty good deal for. Anybody give, getting one of those agreements because the schools were kind of in a good spot financially, or at least not a bad deal. So they gave a little extra, <laughs> right? Yes, and and, they, and at the time the county was kind of the uh, city. city. I'm sorry, the city was kind of I don't want to say hurting, but they needed a financial structure because they knew they were going to need have major infrastructure improvements in the future, like a wastewater treatment plant and water plant which have since been constructed. Right. Not paid off, but constructed. But they couldn't have been built without a funding mechanism in place like this. No, and that agreement that agreement siphoned money from the schools 
to uh, for for a lot of people with siphon money from the schools to the wastewater treatment plant to pay pay for the wastewater treatment plant or for other infrastructure improvements. Um, and they've said the growth in the city would not be possible without these infrastructure improvements, and that's that's 100% accurate. Without the wastewater treatment plant, Marysville could not have grown. Um, but again, the schools were in a different spot, so they said yes. They've rec- Over the years, you know, the, the number of TIFs have increased, and initially there was kind of an, an expectation that TIFs wouldn't be used for everything, That's right. but it would be used for a project that we really, really wanted. We're willing to bid a little bit more and, and put and a little bit more. industrial. Right. And, for, o- and always with a specific end goal of having the money to go toward the infrastructure. Right. And somewhere along the line, it, wasn't just a general it money went from an incentive to bring in restaurants and shops and businesses that people wanted or could be employed by and help build houses. Well, and spec buildings. <laughs> and spec buildings. You could still argue that those would eventually maybe lead to jobs of some type. But the ones thrown up in residential areas, I think really, they directly add students into the district while directly taking money away from them. And, and again, there is a, um, a little bit of a disconnect because apartment complexes, the city has said, we're not putting them on residential anymore. We're that's only put – right. We're that's only- that's going to – here again, I will make that – that is not going away. Right. So that, again, here's what they're doing is the city saying, considers a, an apartment a commercial right. entity because there's a transaction of money in the form of rent, and they're saying, "Well, we're not putting any on residential. We're only putting on commercial." And for John the Q, school Re- says a shoe store doesn't put students into the district. <laughs> right. Right. For John <laughs> Q resident, they think, "Well, you know, commercial doesn't really put people in the school district. Only residential does." If but, you just speak in those terms, right. The problem is that. An apartment complex is technically commercial, but it also adds, can add a lot of students to the. And in the in the case I mentioned that earlier with the Jerome Grand thing, mm-hmm. I think the, the hundreds for Jerome Grand. Yeah, the superintendent at, at Dublin City Schools had complained about that because it was something like two hundred and thirty kids. Well, it was or two hundred and thirty lo- additional uh, students. And yeah. those numbers, those estimates are always low. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, so it, it turned into kind of, it, again. The school was well. You're taking taking money away from us. I guess. Um, I don't think anybody, at least, and I have to preface this saying this is the school city issue. The schools never. I don't think ever had a problem with true commercial tiffs. Right. I don't think so either. Tiffs doing what they were kind of designed to is to spur economic growth in an area, but the the just the residual impacts of throwing them on. And there was also a little bit of pushback from voters that's, that di- that were sitting – living in these developments, portions of Scott Farms that said, we, we had no idea that our money that we paid for our kids to go – I moved to get my kids in this school district, and now I realize that my tax money, that my voted tax money that was to go to the schools is going somewhere else. Uh, additionally, and there, there had, was a bit of resentment there. Additionally, you had residents who say, hey, you know – this these people who moved in in Adina Point or Scott's Farm are adding to this to the schools, and I got to pick up the bill for their kids because they're paying, but their money isn't going to the school. Right, right. There, there was just a lot of this that kind of came to That's light. Throwing it on residential was such a 
such a slip. And so this, the district argues, well, those those homes couldn't have been built without that. And the schools would argue, well, that's okay. We knew how to fund and educate this many kids. You added more kids and took the funding mechanism out. You know, it, it, it's funny because I remember a uh, – this was years and years and years ago when Chris Schmank, um, and I didn't really even know Chris Schmank, but she was an attorney for Brooker and Eckler at the time, and she – she came down to Plain City. I was covering Plain City, and they were looking at creating a TIF on some residential, or you know, kind of proposing that. And she came in and said, "This is a bad idea," and explained why this was a this was a bad idea. And and Plain City didn't do it, um, but Marys cut <laughs> to cut to Marysville. Marysville <laughs> did it, and that also along those lines, Marysville has also the city of Marysville has also done some things that are kind of what the argument is down in Jerome in that like the old Kroger property, a lot of that TIF money was diverted to help clear and clean up that site and make it ready and developable. So, you know, you're not just building, improving roadways or access or, or extending water sewer lines or doing anything like that. You're taking burden off somebody in and out. Yes. You're taking burden off a developer. So it's not, you know, it's not even helping fix a problem it's creating. It's just helping I don't want I don't it's helping the source of the problem get up and running. Right. And I I wanna kind of reiterate for our listeners, I absolutely understand this is tremendously complicated. Like it's terrible. It is it's terrible. terrible. <laughs> it's so hard to understand. It's nothing about and, and that's the thing, and, and that's what really struck me when Kayleen and Mike were talking about the county side, the township side, the county side, the township side. And I'm like, the voters' money is not going where it was intended to go. It's There are just two entities fighting over who can grab it mm-hmm. so that it doesn't get where it was intended to go. It's a little different, at the city and and schools. But, you know, but all that to say, the schools want to pull out of the old Edip or the old Edip. God, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm yeah. And the city, the city's saying, "Well, we can take your money. You agreed to it. Remember, fifteen years ago, you agreed to let us. So you guys should have planned better for us to yeah. do this." And the schools are like, "We helped you out when we were good, and you were upside down, and we had no now, idea the state was going to do what right, it did. And now we've got a levy on, and you guys are doing pretty well with cash." How about a little something for the effort right. there, uh, Llama? <laughs> Without the, the conversation, like maybe reference Kayleen. I know you hate yes. <laughs> You know, again, not to you know being put in place for a particular purpose, not just a flat money making machine. And that's the other thing is that the schools are saying, well, you needed X amount of money to pay for the water treatment plant, and these tiffs are generating significantly above that. Could you give us at least back? What you don't need, and the city was like, mm, no. Well, but we could. Well, let's say we're not gonna. They started having these big full board meetings with all the all the council members. All They've been having the some back and then smaller clothes. ones, and some smaller ones too. Yes, well, remember they they had had some negotiations, kind of behind not behind closed doors in a bad way, but just to set some things up, and those negotiations fell apart. Right, and then they had some. Uh, they brought in a facilitator, by actually bring, two facilitators. And by bringing in, by meeting with the full groups, they had to make them open public meetings, so everything being discussed was on the table. Right. That nice it up a little bit. 
<laughs> made it a little bit more it. polite um, in in that. And also, I think, put the entire message out before the entire groups of both. Right. So that it wasn't a small, you know, a little bit of administration, a, little, a couple of members knew exactly what was being said. Everybody was at the table and hearing it and responsible at this point. Right. So in Marysville's case, at least, that that did get a little forward movement, and that created what I alluded to in the school district, uh, school levy portion of the top 10 list. The city made a concession that for two years, if the district can pass a property tax issue, they can capture all of that additional revenue from the residential TIF areas. Yeah, any any revenue above and beyond what they're what the city is already collecting. The city would only collect what it's currently collecting. Anything above that would be able to go to it, the it city. It doesn't wipe the, the TIFs away off of the residential areas, but new money within the next two years, basically they'll be able to collect the full value of the the, of new the levy. TIF. Yes. The of, levy. The, of the new levies. Yes, yeah. excuse me. Now the commercial TIFs will still TIFs. Correct. be set in place, which I think is okay because... And would have been okay to begin with. Yes. The yeah. commercial areas don't infuse children into the district. Right. Not directly. I mean... Yeah, they just help increase property values and taxes. And, right. And I get it. But, you know, so so that people in Adena Point, portions of uh, Scott's, Farm, Scott's Farm and those areas, there are, what, eight? Eight or nine of them. I think there's nine, but yeah. All of... They can know that if they vote for levy, all of their new... That new money they're paying into their taxes will go to the school district and not. But that to the then city. also allows the school district to ask for less money because they're going to get all right. of it. Because before, if you needed a million dollars, you had to ask for one point three million dollars because you know right because a third of it's getting siphoned off. So you have to ask for more. At least and this way, the, and it makes that millage number look awful, ungodly. Right. right. <laughs> so yeah, this way you at least all right. We know we need this much. So we can ask for but, exactly that but amount. This is something like this is one situation, boy. And I'm telling you, at the start of the year, or I wouldn't maybe the middle of the year. I wouldn't have thought they'd have even gotten to this resolution no, by the end. I wouldn't have either. Some of the things that were being said, kind of behind closed doors about each other, and In this the attitude other. that kind of right. they were sharing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That being said. And I don't know. Jerome in October, court action was taken, so they entered mediation formal mediation so that began in november i believe i know they had a meeting on january 2nd one of the township officials said that was going to be an all-day mediation um meeting i don't know if you call that a meeting (laughs) but anyways i'm i'm not sure what the outcome will be but i know jerome township officials have said the door is still open they just want to ensure that the township maintains the rights that it legally Should has mm-hmm. so i think i think they understand both parties understand it's in the residents best interest to work together moving forward so i'm hopeful that the mediation will result in some common ground so that it's at least not adversarial i think they have another meeting coming up in two weeks and so it's like it's who knows how long it'll take but part of that is because a it's complicated and b they have to start over and mm-hmm. completely redo their agreements and i will it. say this the argument we've said in both of these is County and Jerome fighting over money and ignore, not ignoring the residents, but they're fighting over residents' money. City and schools, you know, fighting over getting control of money so they can do their jobs. And I don't want to say the residents are completely out there, maybe in some regards, but again, you're basically telling residents what to do with their money. 
smooth segue alert. Right. Just yes. And that's made them mad. <laughs> as we found out, I was going to say in, in Jerome in the county, Jerome residents told their officials in no uncertain terms, you need to start playing nice. Mm-hmm. City city residents said, play nice and we don't like what you're doing. Right. <laughs> um, number two on our list was voter. And you see why these things are so tied together. And as Max said, I apologize if this stuff is confusing. It's confusing for us. And it was confusing to figure out how to tell the story of this county in a top 10 list when so many of these things are are smushed together. So number two on the list is the voter unrest that surfaced late in the year at the at the polls. City of Marysville residents smacked city council in the face. Jerome residents smacked their township officials in the face. You know, I I'm not over I'm a, I'm oversimplifying that, but it's not it's effectively kind of what it right. was. It's yes. exactly what happened. Like the voters issued finally got their say and spoke. <laughs> so this frustration that our listeners are feeling in hearing us try to explain it and hearing them fight about it manifested itself at the at the the ballot box. And uh yeah, Marysville booted three incumbent council members and the only one that survived was was Donald Berger and Donald Berger's platform was sort of I'm not with them. Massive anti-growth campaign. <laughs> right, right. Was I kept? I was with you guys. I've been voting against it. I just been outvoted. So right. vote more people like me on here, and we'll get this stock. And one of the candidates was beaten by a write-in. <laughs> Yet, yeah, which is again unheard of. I've never heard of a write-in winning. Um, certainly not a, a write-in that was against an incumbent, or even you know. That's another candidate that's on the ballot. Right. You it could, just doesn't happen. Sometimes a write-in will win, but nobody was on the ballot. You just had a write-in candidate. This was a write-in candidate who defeated an actual candidate on the ballot who was a sitting incumbent. And uh, now that that vote at least went to a recount, and it was close. But the other ones weren't really even close. Um, the voters said, we don't want all this growth. Uh, we're tired of We're tired of the growth and, you know— get off council and and at the same time that they voted and they were also the other two that were voted off by large margins they were kind of old school marysville people yet you know? deb grote had been on council for a long time and alan seymour while he hadn't been on council for terribly long he'd been on i think for two terms but he's been around he's been on planning commission he's been on any number of boards he's been involved in guiding the direction of the city for decades um and and i think was a really great council member i mean he was thoughtful he was you know considerate he saw both sides of things and um he would have finished third in a three-horse race for council um but there's no other way to read that there's no other way to read those tea leaves than the residents overwhelmingly said we don't like the direction the city's going and in case you didn't get the message from that simultaneously they (laughs) overturned a council decision to uh, annex and rezone 265 acres out on 245 that was going to be the Stillwater uh, development that would have, you know, opened up 635 homes in that area, but also would have added millions of dollars in infrastructure improvement as well as some kind of outlots. And yeah, they had offered, they had offered up a pretty nice 
sweetener package to the far better than a lot of the Absolutely. things that have passed in and, recent years. And the city had had kind of planned for that for growth in that spot by you know they had oversized um, water lines, oversized kind of all the infrastructure that they're in charge of out to that. I heard that very, and it, what's funny is I heard that very argument about, can you imagine if that would have passed and dumped all that traffic right there by Kroger, you know, off of 245 and just dumped that right there? I went, yeah, you know, they were going to give like $3 million to fix that exchange, right? Well, that's beside the point. Well, <laughs> yeah, no, that <laughs> they were at least cognizant that they were creating a problem and trying to help with it. Well, and, right. and city council had, to their credit, the developer had come out and said, yeah, we want to develop there. And city council said, no, until you can, unless you pony up a bucket load of money to help improve the infrastructure out there. And the developer did. So, I mean, the city was getting everything that it theoretically wanted, except that what the residents wanted was nothing. And what that should tell you, and and some people wanted to say, well, it must be on that side of town, because that side of town kind of connects into the older Marysville area. Not necessarily green pastures, but you know, sixth, seventh, eighth mm. street, kind of the more mature neighborhoods. I don't think that's what it is. I think it's everywhere. I don't think it matters what side of town things go on to now. I think all of this I think it's all interconnected. I think all the TIF fighting with the schools. Yep. I think all the growth, all the traffic problems, all the bridges that are closed, all the roundabouts being installed. I think everything that is changing all at once so fast. Mm-hmm. people feel like it is out of control and they are just going to start hitting the stop button. I don't think it matters. It's not going to be judge development by development. No. Nope. Right. It, it feels, I know this is a strange analogy, but I know with my kids there are times when none of them individually are being loud or obnoxious, but it <laughs> but just- But everybody needs but, to shut up. But everybody, yes, I get to a point where, you know, listen, all of you, Go to your rooms. I've had enough. Right. Well, Dad, I'm not. I don't care. I don't want to hear. What, I don't want to hear what the next words out of your mouth are. You go to your room, and they weren't the problem. None of them individually were the problem. All of them collectively were the problem. And so now everybody's going to their room, and that's what it feels like. The voters said is these all of this development and the streets being closed and, and the tra- and the traffic. Yes, and I told city council get out of the house. Get out right. the house. Go play. Yes, go to the park and play or something. But you got to go. You got to go away. Um, all that with is three fresh kids. Right. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> let's tr- let's start over and see what this works. Right, I and mean, that's what it felt like. Of and, and the the when I'm at that spot, I cannot be reasoned with. My kids can't tell me, well, this, 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 or this. I don't want to hear it. Yeah, and I think this. that's. Well, we were going to bring $6 million to, for infrastructure improvements. I don't care. No. Well, well, this. I don't care. No. Go to your room. And that's what it feels like and, they were at. And could there be a worse time if you're a city official for that sentiment nope. to be around with two of the projects on the horizon? Right. No. You, and, they, you have got to be absolutely just. We are recording this on a, you know, on a Wednesday. City Council is going to meet on Monday and probably uh, this podcast will actually come out after the decision has been made. But but at the time of recording, I don't know what that decision is. And it will be the first the first meeting for the new city council members. And they're going to have to decide on the the heritage silo site that's going to add 235 could put new apartments on the, the north side of Marysville's Uptown, as well as some offices, some commercial, and then phase one of the Marysville East development, which will have some 
multifamily housing, uh, but hundreds of acres of uh, industrial park, and but also then sets the stage for multiple phases of this industrial of, of Marysville East, which will have single family homes and parks, and will be a, a planned unit development very similar to what Jerome Village is. But as if you look the way in the Jerry Maguire movie, you had me at hello, you had me at housing, right? Anything right. that comes along with housing, apartments, right? I, anything. I, you had me at housing. Anything with housing, people are gonna people are gonna hit the brakes. I think the, you're, one I think of the you're guys mistaken. From, I think you're mistaken. I think it's. I don't care if it's housing or commercial. Really, I I'm think no. straight commercial. If you tell people they get a couple of restaurants without bringing in new residents in the right kind of way, they're okay. You, you think Bucks and Meadows residents would be okay with? that? I do. If if you're going to tell me that was all commercial, if you brought them in Texas Road. Right. If, 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 that, was a, if that was a steakhouse and shopping opportunities. And no, and no houses, no new residents. I think that's the key to it. Well, I keep using this analogy of you ask for a drink and you get shot in the face with a water with a fire hose. Right. <laughs> and and I I think that's what what you're talking about, which is like if you're like, hey, we're proposing this great thing. There's going to be one little restaurant right in the middle of this field, and everything else is going to stay the same. I think people would be like, cool, I got a restaurant over by me. But they never do that. Right. It's always six thousand acres and, and with four hundred businesses that's and ten thousand houses. This whole message problem we talk about with everything, right. like. You know, you told me it was going to be this, and it. You told me you told me it's commercial, right? And it's apartments, right? You, you know, you told me it was going to the money was going to roads in the water plant, and you helped clean up the site. You told me it was this, like right. There, there's a there is a perception around here that government is operating, is telling residents what they're going to take, right? I mean, just at the last meeting, there was, and. Unveiled. It was not even. It wasn't even hinted at. There was a threat of rising water and sewer rates. Right. If Marysville East doesn't go through. Right. Yes. And and <laughs> there's also I think a and I cover I cover city council and there are times when I feel like they are telling the residents exactly what what this do you need to hear do. what do you need to hear right now to get it through and we'll figure out what we want to do later and. You know what? It, whatever it is, and it, it worked, and that worked for a long time. And people, whether it be tiffs, whether it be you know abatements, whether it be whatever, people were kind of asleep at the wheel for a long time, and they're not anymore. And, well, and was develop, it the guy, development's going to take care of itself? One of the guys stood up that helped organize the referendum for the two forty five issue. Stood up at the meeting, yeah. And, and what did he tell him? He said, "If you think, if you think this was a purge." If this develop, if this development, he was sp- speaking specifically about Marysville East, but it had very much the feel of a lot of this development. If this doesn't stop, there will be another purge, and it will be even bigger on city council. And you know, hopefully, and I, I think you know there there were four other city council members who were you know not part of the last election. Three of them, three of them, uh, who had to sit up and take notice of. All right, well, this is. This could have been me if this had, yeah. if this had happened on right. a different election cycle, right. they would have been out too. So um, I think, I think they had to take notice of of this is going to happen if if something doesn't happen. So, and again, the problem is that while they have this perception, the developer that's proposing the Marysville East development also developed the or helped develop the Jerome Village, and which was a very thoughtful, well done project. And the the silo project, that's an area that 
needs redeveloped, that needs, you know, needs some help. And they're going to infuse some life into some of those, to some properties. These are maybe some projects that if they had happened, you know, five years ago, would have gone through and people would have appreciated. It would have been exciting. It would have been new. Yes. But right now, I think there's a level of, you're telling me this, you're telling me it's a good project, but I don't trust you. Um, well, I mean, not to jump ahead too much on just growth as a topic, but back to the thing about you know the elected officials or whoever telling the residents, there's also that attitude of like, you know, there there's not really anything you can do about this. There, like, your growth is coming. You can't stop growth. It is what it is. Don't threaten and, me. Or I'll raise your water rates. Right. Yeah. Well, and and that <laughs> that notion of like, if you. I'm not even saying it's not true. It may be true. If you keep beating the drum of growth is coming, you can't stop it, you're going to get to a breaking point where people go, well, I dare me then. Right. Because even if it's unreasonable, I will vote everything. I will do whatever I can to vote everything down going forward. And it's like what you're talking about is like if you approach it intelligently and in phases and all these kinds of things, that's an approach that people may not like, but at least you can kind of philosophically understand it. When you constantly have the perspective that it's just like you're going to take this and there's nothing you can do about it, people even illogically will just say no. Right. And and there's this mentality that – well. And we've talked about this before that a lot of times these entities don't think about their residents or this county as one one organism, one operation. Yeah. And they think, well, we need houses and we get income tax from it, but you're turning the schools upside down and the residents are going to have to pay over there. You know, this idea that you better start thinking about us first, not your individual group's coffers first right you know think about what this is going to mean to me as a taxpayer you know it doesn't matter to me if some new guy's giving you you know a hundred dollars a week in income tax if i got to pay another seven hundred dollars a year in property tax to keep the schools open there are still people in this county that can't afford four or five six hundred thousand dollar homes and when they see their property valuations go up you know this may be down the road could be something that would be good, but like you have to take into consideration that there are residents, voters, you know, at the end of the day, who are not directly benefiting from this, and it's got to be a give and take. And I just wrote this, like you, and our publisher wrote it in editorial the same day I wrote my last column that they keep saying they're going to make business pay for themselves, and in no way, shape, or form has that happened. They're just giving them sweet deals. It, they keep giving them deals, and <laughs> taxpayers pay for it whether it's in the form of, of levies, whether later. it's in the form of diminished operations at the health department, you know, the people are, are shouldering so much of this burden so that rich people can come in and get richer. And, and now, right. even if even if a development does come in that will pay for right. itself, I just you don't trust I it. I just don't trust they it. They cry wolf so many times. That's exactly As right. demonstrated by 245. As, yes, as demonstrated yeah. by 245. And I think, you know, Marysville East is going to have a, uh, if it if it's approved, is going to have a community authority that will essentially levy a tax on all of the residents and all of the property owners in that in that area so that they will be that money will be used to pay for the growth the infrastructure that is the way to force development to pay for itself but but so many people are I just don't trust it and understandably just don't trust it because we've heard it before and you've you've said this so many times that I just don't trust it. Yeah, and I think the voters and are there. And that's not—that's only part of the voter 
unrest. Are we on voter unrest or are we on growth yet? We're on it. Voter right. unrest. I don't know, right? Like they, I mean, it all melts together. That, and that's just the Marysville segment mm-hmm. of it. Jerome did the same thing. Yeah, and Jerome Township, um, we kind of alluded to in May, they filed that statement saying, here are the actions we're going to take in response to what the county has done that we disagree with. And one of those was floating the idea of pursuing a limited home rule form of government. And I believe very shortly after in June, the board of trustees actually approved a resolution to put that on the November ballot. So limited home rule is a form of government that was approved by the Ohio legislature, I think in 1991, basically to help townships that were struggling with growth but they didn't have the same powers that municipalities that struggle with growth have. So it gives them really a wide array of things that they can do, ranging from providing their own water and sewer services to having their own police protection. One of the things that the township's legal counsel mentioned is it would afford them the right to implement CRAs or those community reinvestment area abatements, which they currently can't do right now as a township. So there's all kinds of things. Um, When the township trustees floated this idea, they said very clearly, you know, we want to keep our water and sewer provider, which is the city of Marysville. We want to keep working with the Union County Sheriff's Office for PSOs to be our police protection. So this isn't severing those ties, but they did say that one of the main things they'd like to do with limited home rule is hire their own engineer. And It's a little bit confusing because that wouldn't separate the township from the Union County Engineer's Office. Instead, the township would just have a dedicated engineer that's essentially preparing all of the work to go to the Union County Engineer's Office for approval. It would feel a little bit more prioritized than maybe it does now. Um, So township officials have said, hey, the Union County Engineer's Office has said they're tight for money. They can't necessarily prioritize what we would prioritize. So limited home rule would let us bring someone in and kind of bump our projects mm-hmm. that we see a need for. Up. Right. So that uh, was anytime a time. The County says we're tight for money. <laughs> it makes my throat clench up. <laughs> yeah. It makes my throat clench. The County could do everything they've ever told someone. We don't have enough money to do. They could do it. Sorry. I just, when I hear that, it just, it makes me want to swallow the microphone. <laughs> So that's a separate point. <laughs> but <laughs> yes, so that was one of the big things that they, um, the township trustees pushed with limited home rule, kind of saying, hey, this is a way for us to address those infrastructure needs that we hear from residents so frequently. Um, another thing that trustee then trustee chair Weslin Davis said is it would give them more control over tax incentives that were used in the area. So like I mentioned, those CRAs or... Um, they have said that they didn't necessarily think so many of the companies that came should get that come to the township should get the level of tax abatement or tax incentive that they receive. So limited home rule would empower the trustees to have a little bit not a crazy thought more control over that. So that's how they presented limited home rule to the residents in the area. But when they began hosting open house meetings for residents to share their comments or ask questions, they were met with a lot of pushback and. A number of residents said that they saw it as a measure to move farther away from Union County. The trustees said repeatedly that they did not view this as, um, I believe Megan Sloat said, an isolationist move. They just saw it as a way to address the needs that they had heard from the residents. So 
residents perhaps saw it a little bit differently than the trustees said they perceived it as. But ultimately, almost 74% of voters voted against limited home rule. So it was defeated pretty soundly. I got to be honest, when that for when you first brought that, when that idea first came up and they said they were going to do it, I thought that was exactly what the people in Jerome Township were looking for. I thought that would be a home run. And that defeat tells me the, the people in Jerome Township have a level of distrust about things that are happening around them, but they don't necessarily even trust their closer voted elected officials right. any more than the county. I, I thought that would go differently. I thought until they started having the public meetings and they got all the pushback, I, I thought they would want and their trustees. There yes. was maybe some misinformation floating, I know. There were signs in Jerome Township that said limited home rule equals higher taxes, which right. some people were saying if they're hiring a county engineer, that means we they're going to hire our ta- heighten our taxes, which really they said they would use, funny enough, TIF money to hire the, the right. township engineer. So I think there was maybe some misunderstanding, maybe not intentional misinformation, but I, I do think overwhelmingly it was that you guys aren't going to move away from the county and just operate on your own. I mean, I was sitting in a meeting recently that was a longer public hearing with some disagreement between residents and trustees. And one of the residents sitting next to me leaned over and whispered, this is exactly why limited home rule shouldn't have passed. So I'm not saying that that's the perspective of everyone in the township. There were, there there were some people who (laughs) spoke and said, they thought it was a good idea. Other people who were strongly against it said they saw the benefit. They just didn't think now was the right time right. to do this when there was already kind of discord between these two entities. So I don't know what the future of this is, but I know right now residents were very strongly against it. So they don't they don't necessarily 100% trust their trustees to have the reins. The school district voters overwhelmingly kind of vote down their issue that they maybe they don't trust the message right now that's coming through city residents we don't trust you to tell me what a good deal is and i don't trust that to the point that i don't even want you to offer me a deal again you three get out of here things are so that fire hose analogy people have been so drowned with this stuff on all fronts right now that they don't trust anybody. They don't. We, it doesn't matter. The closer the politician gets to them, they still don't trust it. That used to be the thing, right? That it's uh, it's still. I still choose us over them. Yes, I don't trust the politician in Washington. They're a bunch of crooks. But my local politicians are good, and and the guy I elect to go to Congress is good. But the rest of them are crooks. We're now at a point where we don't trust whatever the the closest level to us we don't or we, don't we trust just them. or we just can't we're not in line with the one of the things that I don't think we included in in our end of year story summary was you know I mentioned during the the school thing that the Fairbanks thing was voted down also Richwood's operating levy was voted down and that's one of those things where while I don't think it's a distrust of the village government it's definitely a reaction to this is just yeah. one more thing we that was can't a renewal. Af- yeah. Yeah. One yeah. more thing yeah. we can't afford to take. Yeah. Like, yeah. And we're up here. You know, we're away from and, you know. And I think there's this idea that with it, whether it be Jerome Township trustees, well, look how we're fighting for you. I'm fighting for you. And the county saying, No, we're you know, we've got more experience and we're doing it for you. The school district saying, Trust us, we're you know, we're at a financial crisis. You know, we're trying to educate your kids. And the city's saying you know, we're spurring growth in the area and we need the money to facilitate it. 
but the fact is that they're all fighting over I think what people are seeing is like it's like sitting there watching your parents fight and then both of them tell you they're doing it because they love you more. <laughs> right. Mm. All I see is two parents fighting. I right. you both look crazy. Right. You both look crazy. Until you start loving each other, we're not I'm not going to love you right. back. The kids I, and yeah. nobody recognizes that. None of these officials recognize that the fact that you are fighting to get your hands in the wallet so fast. Right. Nobody trusts a damn thing you're doing until you start playing nice and showing that the city and the schools 100% are on the same page then voter sentiment might turn on the city's project and the school issues. When the county and when Jerome and the county can come together and say, yeah, this is a good project for the residents of Jerome. We both agree on this and we're going to do this to help and the developers bringing this, then maybe someone will believe them. But when the two people you listen to or the two entities you listen to are fighting over it, you don't trust the message at any level. You know, you can't, you can't pick a parent you know, on who to trust, and that's right. that's what they're asking stuck people to with do. What you have, right? <laughs> and on that, strange. And let's try to burn through this one. Like the number one story was the explosive growth. Quite honestly, the Everything the trigger that is the button, the red button, in Oppenheimer. Yes, that's the trigger to all of this. The voter unrest, it, the TIF problems, the, the school problems, the, school the government habits. staffing to some level. Right. I'm not going to blame it for the November second stuff, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> the fun- anyway, people will. Yes. <laughs> right. new people coming in the right. area. Some of them are murderers. No, anyway, the explosive growth in the area, and I know we've hit so many confusing issues, especially in the last whatever hour of this. Let's kind of burn through just some of the highlights. And I know Mac talked a little bit about Marysville East and the silos, too, so those are two yes. of the big Marysville yeah. ones. Yeah. So if we can just kind of burn through some of these when we say explosive growth, here's some of the high-level versions explosive, of the process. Explosive in the amount of growth, but also explosive in the re- response from the residents. Again, there was a you know one of the housing projects that didn't move forward on Weaver Road. I, I would also say the speed with which well, that's they true keep yes. coming. I was going to say five years ago when I was working at the Madison Press and covering Plain City, it, and not covering Jerome, but hearing kind of the conversations going on and obviously knowing Jerome Village and all that area, the, the phrase, and I'm sure you guys had it up here, was always smart measured growth. We're going to we're gonna talk about, well, in this area, it's going to be good for this. It's going to be – and we're going to kind of piece by piece. And over the last year, couple of years, certainly over the last year for this purpose of this list, it has not felt like that. It has in, in felt number, like and a, a let's thing greenlight like, everything. A thing like Marysville East, you would have heard about a year and a half – before it ever came before council to be voted on. Right. This one People happened. are picking it up. <laughs> yeah, I started – this one kind of came through. The pre-annexation agreement came through in, I think, June of this year. Um, and, and people wonder why. Or excuse when, me, when last stuff, year. Yeah, sorry. Last year? Well, 2023. I don't think we knew – well, 20, yes, not, a, not a year ago. Not a year ago, correct. Like it's months six ago. six months. Yes. Like right. – Projects that huge are coming through that fast. And it's just another reason not trust it. Look, if you're telling me this car deal ends when I walk off that lot, well, why are you so eager to make me make my mind up right, right now? Right. And when you start pushing things that fast, people, again, will have a natural level of distrust. And and I come back to the, the one on, on Weaver Road, the American Homes for Rent, right? That one came through in 2022, 
Council voted it down, and they brought an almost identical plan back the next year and tried to push it through a second time. And, you know, residents were mad. Like, these were really contentious meetings. And you know, this it's not just happening fast. If it gets turned down, they're bringing it back again. Right. It's, you know. It's not a definite. No, it's not. A, right. We'll, we'll just hit you we'll, next time. Yeah, we'll keep hitting you till you, you know. Give off, in. Right. All right. <laughs> you can have it. You know, that's, I think, where pe- and people are mad. And they feel that. Yeah. They they can feel that that's Yeah, I was just at this meeting um, a year ago to complain about this and to, to tell you no. How many times I got to tell you no? Um, so some of the top-level uh, <laughs> development issues facing the city? Yes, obviously the Marysville East on the city's east side. Uh, it total would be about 810 acres. Um, the um, the, Mar- the Heritage Silo site which is only about 16 acres, I think, but is um, it's 15 acres on the north end of Marysville's uptown. Kind of both sides of Main Street, the the grain elevator side, and then also the other side where the old city water plant. City water plant, Crazy Scotty's is. Um, so Rip, rip and peace, Crazy Scotty's, yeah, is it? The form <laughs> went down Crazy last Scotty. week. Yes. Hi, Scotty. Um, the Scotty. Whatever happened to the rooster? I don't know. That big concrete rooster it's used gone. to be out. Six foot, eight foot concrete rooster used it to be out there. Winners, yeah. People used to climb it and take pictures. <laughs> not uh, me, but people. No, 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 certainly not. No, no one in this room, of course. Not, not before Facebook. Uh, <laughs> uh, the the Skybrook development out on uh, 36, kind of across from Buntold Middle School. That's a bad one. That's I'm telling you right now. That little skinny road. Uh, all I'm telling Chad you is, is fired up I, I'm at not, this point. <laughs> that's the one I hear about more than any other. When people complain, look, I live here. When people complain about one, and it it didn't, it went through the process. But people of. felt like it snuck through, and they didn't really like realize what and where it was going to be. It had been voted no once before, and then it came through. And people just look at that directly across. From the from the two entrances and exits for that school, right? And people start thinking about what school and traffic right there is going to look like. They're going to make Route Four seventy five lanes right. across, and the size of it. Really, and people, you know, people know what it's like getting in and out of the school now, and right. then they think about that. Man, I'm telling you that that right there. Be when they about. broke ground on that one, I know I know the Route Two Forty Five was already pushed back against. That oh. was already happening, but that one going up across from Bunsold. Is going to be the the marker, the the headstone for what they use to kill everything else because right. people don't like the look of it and felt like even though it went through the channels that they didn't know. Right. right. Um, you also have the um, Marysville Plaza, the Vision development that's going to be you know the housing development. What used to be you know the old Kroger Plaza um, is now demolished and is. Uh, you know, I think they're going to start building here soon. Um, hundreds of apartments in that area. Hundreds um, of commercial opportunities. Yes, I mean, yes, commercial only. <laughs> yes. No people. <laughs> yes, uh, yes, wink, commercial wink. only. But hundreds of uh, people. So hundreds of landlords. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so those are kind of some of the big, as well as kind of continuing development on. Um, you got other parcels out there uh, by across the road from Mill Valley and in Cooks Point in that area. Yeah, that's that's you know going to develop. What's it called? Uh, 
Amron Wood. Doesn't matter. Yeah, just it doesn't. tell them where right, it there's is. There's a problem. There's it too many names. Right. I cannot. You you do this to me in here. Tell me about right. stories, and I'm like, you got to tell me the crossroads, man. I can't keep the name straight anymore. Right. Yeah, the apartments or the the homes across from Mill Valley on the other side, um, as well as kind of the apartments out on uh, across from Benny's. You know, those are continuing to go up, and there's going to be a lot of those. Uh, those are finishing out the ones out on 31. In the, front there's of, one on uh, Coleman's Crossing. Across oh, the yeah. mire. Yep. They're getting that site ready now. Yep. Yes. So like, they're, just, they're just everywhere. Right. And that's just Marysville. That's, that's Marysville. And one steakhouse. <laughs> one steakhouse. Four more steakhouses, <laughs> please. Four steakhouses. Yes, but if you, if go you, before, if you, you want to bring you go in. before four, you can get a steak for $9. If you want to bring in uh, any kind of residential, it's got to have a steakhouse, steakhouse attached to it. Right. I don't, care, what, I don't care if it's tumbleweeds. You could substitute in uh any number of chicken establishments. Well, as long as it's not over ten dollars, bare minimum. But yes, yeah. they must have a ten dollars steak option. Yeah, and a, a good uh, early bird special. Uh, development other places. Yeah, then um, in the more southern portion of the county, a lot of the discussion in council in Plain City kind of revolved around the future of the uptown, and that's an ongoing discussion as to whether the design review board will remain in place or if some changes will be made so that historic buildings will be changes to them will be approved administratively or kind of go through committees um or how that will happen so that's an ongoing discussion but while a lot of council discussion revolved around uptown there was still tons of growth throughout the village um some larger existing residential developments new phases were approved and are coming through so for darby station madison meadows kind of those big name residential developments that people know about but then a number of new developments also um one of the larger ones is called Marin Reserve that will be 451 units on Lafayette Plain City Road and that's actually by the same developers as the people who have done the apartments across from Benny's so it'll yes. have that same sort of look and this is an age targeted community so it's intended to be for Who deals with all those people <laughs> they keep getting the same developers do they deal with the same mm. you know development person here nah. um then there are kind of some multi-use ones in plain city that garnered a little bit of attention too i know people are um have been talking about some people excited about it's called the spot that's the name of the <laughs> development on us 42 kind of across from dirt dutchman that area right there by this shell station sort of um and that's supposed to have a number of yeah across from dirt dutchman um so that's supposed to have a grocery store i know they said they hope to have a daycare there a number of other retail stores um and restaurants in that so that is commercial development right there and then there's also going to be or at least it's been a proposed to council um a three-story apartment building that doesn't have a name for this development yet at the corner of Alcott Drive in US 42 and the first floor I believe has seven retail locations including a restaurant space with an outdoor patio and then the top two floors I believe are only 21 apartments so it's kind of a smaller apartment really like true multi-use mm -hmm. development so that's some of the and there's already the development there so it would have to kind of fit into yes. that mm -hmm. space yeah um and they said they'd keep all that kind of white fencing around that right. too yeah, so, I've seen pictures of the, the design and that looks like a really mm -hmm. 
quality kind of yeah so those are some of the plain city ones be quiet marysville is going to start requ- just requiring yeah. white fences for <laughs> yeah, that, like that already yeah. exists but yeah. white so. fences everywhere they love the white if you put white fences it doesn't matter what follows after it steakhouse and white fence yes. you can get anything in and then of course jerome it'd probably be impossible to talk about all the things that are coming to jerome jerome is just one um, house it's just yeah. one house and a costco the, that's it the biggest one probably was really recently approved called Del Webb. And I guess this is a community that exists, a residential community that exists throughout the U.S. They're in 21 different states. Um, It is going to be legally restricted to just people who are 55 and older, but it will add 711 new homes. Um, That's that's one I said sounds like the villages down in Florida. Yeah, just east of Courier Road. Um, There's also the courtyards at Ryan Parkway, which is interestingly another age-restricted community and that will be 94 homes on ryan parkway there have been some other commercial or other development in jerome that's garnered a lot of attention i know people had strong opinions about racetrack um some people call it a truck stop some people say it's just a gas station it's kind of that like truck stop sheets <laughs> vibes you know where yes. it has like food that you can get inside like a white picket um, fence <laughs> <laughs> and that's at the corner of forty-two. <laughs> They might have a steak sandwich there. I'm not (laughs) sure. But that's at the corner of 42 and 33. Um, Also, different from that, but Station 211, Jerome Township Fire Department's second fire station opened this year. And that's more the Jerome Village area of town. So Over by the new Kroger as well. Yes, new Kroger is coming right Mm -hmm. there. And then currently, Jerome Township officials are considering the fate of a second innovation district that would kind of streamline commercial development on almost 1,300 acres between Industrial Parkway and 33. So that corridor right there. So there's a ton, I as per thinking, usual, in Jerome. I keep thinking, you know, Dublin schools are positioned for growth. They've been dealing with it for years. And Jonathan Alder even has, has dealt with some of this, and Marysville, obviously, whatever. But when that growth hits that corner over there that is Fairbanks, you know, we've talked about it on here before, but like the Fairbanks School District kind of forms a C that wraps around Marysville and it it ties in over there in that Jerome, Jonathan Alder area. Mm-hmm. When they get about a 600 home development that plops into the Fairbanks District over there and then they start like you start putting student numbers like that into Fairbanks. Right. That's going to be a problem because they're not positioned for that kind of growth, we've said on here before, where you know when they're when that levy for the phase two of their build out um, failed, I think everybody on the school board was surprised because they're like, "Don't you people see what's coming? Like we're not doing this for fun, we're doing this as a you know preparing ahead." But yeah, but the bulk it, but of that district, yet, so. the bulk of that district does not doesn't see this consider that area. Yeah, yeah, they they're. They're Milford West. Center, Fairbanks. They they don't think about that that corner over there, whatever you want right. to call it. Therefore, it's going to take kids getting taught in closets. I think for them to right. be forced, and they're not going to like it no. to be forced to deal with growth that they really don't consider, even in their part of the community. Right. It's it's going to be a, yeah. I think about like when you if you look at parts of Milford Center or or Unionville Center, like there are places in this county with like the idea that those communities are in the same county as Jerome Village or in the same school district that bleeds over into Dublin is like 
they might as well be different planets Mm -hmm. when you're talking about people, money, access to resources. And it's going to upend so much if there's not careful consideration to all that stuff. Yep, yep. Other things for explosive growth. Again, the my only concern with explosive growth was just how much is happening. Like I was terrified I was going to forget, you know, a huge it housing development. Comprehensive, right? It can't <laughs> right. be comprehensive. So I want to put that out there that mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure this, there's stuff we missed. I'm just sure kind of, of the, it. Yeah, the more talked about things. Or yeah, yeah. There's and, smaller ones as well. It's probably a bigger one or two that I'm just not even thinking of because there's just so many of them that that they all kind of run together in my head at some point so yeah. i think i think drones will continue next mm-hmm. year yep i think yep. i think you're about to see something different in marysville i think you're going to see the breaks i don't think you're going to see a moratorium but i think you're going to see i think you're going to see this organized movement continue to the, like you better show me an like offer that i can't up, yeah. refuse or we're going to referendum it right. but but before that happens i mean you can put the brakes on new but there are hundreds and hundreds of apartments that are in the process that have already been approved but aren't up yet. So that's a very, you're going to see that's a, a lot very of reason yes. for the breaks. Absolutely. Right. Let's see a little. Yeah. Let's see what happens. That's always the thing, right? It's like if you get that stuff in here and we start seeing traffic, you know, chill out a little bit. We start having restaurants that we can go to. We start having. We start seeing the benefit of all this. Then the sentiment will kind of gradually change into, oh, okay, yeah, it is cool to have this business or whatever. But when all you see is just land being chewed up and your property values going up, then it's like, all right, <laughs> and let's just see what happens until the next thing. All right. Well, that's going to be the show for this week. Thank you guys for all the good information. Thanks to everyone out there for listening. And of course, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Axiona Energia, for sponsoring the podcast. If you like what you hear, please be sure and follow the show. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and lots of other places where podcasts are available. So be sure to tune into the show next week, and we'll see you on Thursday.